Welcome to the Tideline Talks podcast, where we discuss all things related to sports medicine, health and wellness. We dispel common myths and misconceptions regarding healthcare, and we do it in a way that's easy to understand. It's hosted by yours truly, Dr. Michael Slafani, founder of Tideline Sports Performance and Rehabilitation. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the Tideline Talks podcast. This is your host, Dr. Michael Slafani, and today I'm joined by Dale Lively, who is the owner and founder of Live Training Center up in Palmetto. Dale, thanks so much for coming aboard the podcast, and it's been a long time coming. Thank you so much for having me. And before we even get started, I want to say we obviously were in Palmetto, and uh, you came into our facility a couple of, uh, I guess it would be about 10 months ago now. Yeah. And ever since then, we've established a professional relationship. And I just want to say to anyone that's listening, you guys have handled all of our clients that we've sent down here. You guys have done an amazing job keeping our clients tuned up. And so, I mean, just before we get started, I just want to say you guys have done an amazing job. Oh, I, really I appreciate, appreciate that. You know what? Once you, you're a small business owner in the community too, once you find people you align with, it's easy, right? You know, then, it, you know, communication becomes easy and relationships become easy and it's the whole reason why we even started this in the first place. That's but uh, speaking of which, how did you start up with uh, Live Training Center and just how did you get into fitness in general? And tell us a little background about, about you personally. So uh, Live Training Center is going in its eighth year. Congrats. S- yes, thank you very much. Um, it's something we're super proud of. Uh, we have a lot of different services. We're located in Palmetto, Florida. Uh, we specialize in group training. We specialize in private training. And uh, most recently with a little transition, that's really been our main two services. And we'll talk about that. I'm sure we'll get to it. Uh, But before then, we've also been well known for Ninja Warrior training, uh, OCR, obstacle course racing training, um, individualized, tailored, one-on-one training, nutrition counseling, things of that nature. Um, I have been in the industry for about 11 years now, which is awesome. I started out as just a coach. Um, and live training center before it was live training center was actually called fit Lorenzo and yes, fit Lorenzo. It was a husband and wife team. Okay. And I started going there in 2012 and I had a desire to not only want to get fit myself, I was on my own personal journey. Um, but the longer that I went there, the more that I felt like I wanted to give back. And so I became a coach there, started out as an intern, went through NASA and got a CPT Talk to the owner. I'm like, hey, I really love what you're doing here. I would really love to be a part of it. Um, and so became a coach. And from 2012 to 2015, I was just a coach there. Um, we did obstacle course races, uh, taught group training. I still remember the first class that I taught. It was like... You're sweating bullets? Dude! It's, you're stage fright. I mean, everybody gets it, right? You can't... You're. I think you're extroverted or maybe you're an introvert turned extrovert, but it's like no matter your personality style, you'll always get that like fight or flight your first class. It's not only that, and this is what we tell our new coaches that come in, but there's also a, a, like a relationship or a, a dynamic shift because if you start out as a client somewhere and then you automatically flip the script and now you're in the front of the class, all these people that you used to work out around are like, hey, bro. Hang on a second. Don't <laughs> act like you're a peer. Don't act like you're a professional. You were yeah. just doing, you know, bad push-ups with me like two weeks ago. All right. <laughs> so, uh, but you know, I, I still remember the first class. I was there for three years, and that was awesome. Like it was a really cool season of my life. 
Uh, it taught me a lot uh, about relationships. It taught me a lot about, I got to see like uh, how to run a fitness business. I got to take notes about things to do, things not to do. Um, and I learned a lot. And then I woke up one day in 2015. There was just three of us, right? So there was a husband and wife team. And then there was me. And there was a couple other coaches that would come in and out, but we were the three main employees. And we had a nice little fitness community, well-known. And it was at the location that you went to last year. Mm-hmm. And then I woke up one day in 2015 and found out that the business was for sale, unbeknownst to me. Yeah. Um, and it, some things happened, but all in all, it was offered as an opportunity for us to purchase the business. Uh, so that's what we did. And we purchased the business and we rebranded it Live Training Center um, in January 1 of 2016. That happened in October of 2015. But January 1, 2016, we officially launched Live Training Center in Palmetto, Florida. Which is wild. Dude, Did you, it's crazy. I mean, especially if you never think about being a business owner and then all of a sudden the opportunity presents itself. I mean, tell us a little bit about what that was like, because did you have a strong entrepreneurial venture or like drive at that point? Or was it more of just, hey, I really just enjoy coaching and it's something that I've kind of thought about, but never thought that I would actually take the plunge on it? Or where did you sit on the like coach versus entrepreneur spectrum? I think there's a lot of people that start off in the fitness industry as a coach. They do a really good job of it and they end up owning their own business or their own gym and they kind of have to learn a bunch of new skills um, or they delegate them, which is learning, you know, in itself. Um, But yeah, I was there to serve. I was there to coach. I was there to help people get healthy. I did not get into the fitness industry to go, you know what, one day I want to own a gym. I didn't do that. So it wasn't even uh, on your radar by no the time way. this opportunity presented. Absolutely so, not. Absolutely not. Yeah. Absolutely. Two well, it's been a big learning experience and it's been a big growth experience. And I think while I did not have being a business owner or a, a gym owner or, you know, anything along those lines, I had sales experience. I knew how to sell, um, you know, I had hustler mentality, so to speak. And I think there's a certain skill set that comes with that that really helps you as an entrepreneur uh, as it comes to, to grit and sales and marketing, right? So much of running a business is the sales and the marketing side. Um, but, you know, I, I got in it primarily to help other people get healthy. Um, and so when the opportunity to purchase the business came up, um, now I had already been within this community and I had already developed the relationships and I was already teaching the classes. I already had a good book of business. And so I was pretty firmly planted within that community. So the transition for the community was probably a lot easier for them than it was for me. It's like payroll. Oh my gosh. You know what I mean? Like, what is that? Yeah. There's, there's HR and insurance and like, you know, all these other things. Um, but it taught me so much. It taught me so much. I'll tell you a funny story. I can remember, you know, at the time I was really big into obstacle course racing. How'd you get into that by the way? Like what, what drew you to obstacle courses as opposed to, I don't know, Globo gym, traditional training or something like that? Was it the variety? Was it the, like, did you do a Spartan race and you were like, this is my jam? Or what, what led you down that hole? Well, I, being at Fit Lorenzo, they were really big into Ninja Warrior. Mm. And so we were probably 
one of the first gyms. And unless someone's going to hear this and send you a message and go, no, we were the first. But I'm pretty <laughs> sure we were one of the first gyms that had a warp wall. I mean, come on. Uh, Which is pretty cool, by the way. Super. Dude, we've we've held... Well, I'll, I'll get to that in a second. But, but we have held... Uh, a lot of different competitions there as well um, but a lot of the obstacles and a lot of the structures that were put in the gym they, you know there's there's cross use there's use for ninja and there's also use for obstacle course racing so the owner then it was something that he was into and so naturally I was there I was within that community so kind of by osmosis we would go out as a community and we would do these things and we would go through these challenges together and it, that taught me a lot obviously it uh, it grew my own interest in that sport, but it also taught me a lot about how to build community and, you know, the bond that you get when you do these challenging things together. And that's really what Spartan races and mud runs are a lot about. Like only a very small percentage of those obstacle course races are elite athletes. Very, that's not how they pay the bills. I promise. It's about the endeavor. It's about training for it. It's about who you become along the process and it's about doing it with people that you love and at the end of it you're going oh my gosh i can't believe i did that you know that overarching community band of brothers right which is the same exact principle that you guys are founded on anyway at live so it's it naturally good a good bridge to to that as well so so that's great so then you you then started in january of 2016 with live and uh you know what kind of things were you offering at that time were you still doing one-on-one training and group and uh, obstacle course racing as well? Or what was your setup like in 2016? Just to kind of do a flashback. Yeah, so this is what I was going to tell you. Uh, You know, in terms of that shift from being just a coach, now mind you, you're worried about really two things. You're worried about what classes do I have to teach? And then your other responsibility is your one-on-one PT clients. And now there was all these new responsibilities. Like I have, you know, I'm an open book when it comes to that. so there was all of these new things to think about and worry about and uh p l like going over p l and you know uh payrolls and like every all of the characteristics and all of the responsibilities that come with not just helping someone get healthy but running a healthy business and that is that can be scary initially right um but, but i remember one of the last things that the previous owner, one of the, obviously one of the services that they were offering Fit Lorenzo was a Ninja Warrior program. And that was very much the owner's passion. I was more into obstacle course racing, but one of the last things that he said, and this is in 2015, above all, so there's a massive transition. We're changing hands. We have accounts, blah, blah, blah. He's like, by the way, um, there's this thing that I signed you up for and it's called the UNAA. And uh, you are responsible to do a ninja competition within like the first six months. And because of everything else that was going on, I was like, yeah, okay, we'll get to that. So obviously, you know, we're in the first couple of months of running a business. And here we have these ninjas that are calling. Yeah, when is registration open? When is registration open? Uh, so we put on a ninja warrior competition and we actually got really involved for the first like four or five years in the United, the UNAA, which is a major Ninja Warrior League. And uh, we hosted, I think, 11 or 12 competitions. Uh, we were a regional qualifier. Um, it was a big deal for us. 
And we had some of the top ninja warriors, the ones you see on TV, uh, the ones from Florida, the ones from Georgia, all over the Southeast. They would come to our facility and we would host the coolest competitions. And, you know, that was one of the services that we offered. And I'll tell you at the time, it, it really wasn't my thing specifically. Um, it was something that we grandfathered and it was something that we kind of took on as the transition from Fit Lorenzo to live. But I kind of looked at it like a challenge. I kind of looked at it like, this is really scary, legitimately. And I wanted to do it and I wanted to follow through with it. And I kind of feel like that's been the overarching theme for the last six or seven years um, is really finding those things that kind of scare you a little bit. And, and learning that even though it scares you, um, there's a lot of growth potential in that space. And one competition became two, two became three, three became four. And it just, you know, continued to snowball. And it was super cool. So that was one of the services. That's the long way to your answer. Uh, group training, obviously, was one of your service, one of our services. PT was one of our services. Uh, we added on shortly after we started doing Kid Ninja, which was super cool. Um, a nutrition program that I built, which we can talk about. Mm -hmm. um, and we continued to hone those. We had an obstacle course uh, racing class as well. Uh, we would go out to these different events as a community. Um, we were all about relationships and we still are. And I think that's a really big crux of who we are. Yeah. And then, you know, it's, it's now you think about where the business went over the next, you know, seven, eight years or so. Right. And then you started bringing on more coaches, different coaches, and then you expanded. Tell us a little bit about some of the, um, some of the functional fitness certifications that you ended up uh, going through as well. And some of the nutrition program that you then sort of built out, because when you look at the way that you and your coaches approach personal training. It's not the personal training that you think of when you go to LA fitness and you think of crunch or the commercial gyms where it's like, Hey, here's, you know, Becky and she wants to drop 10 pounds or here's Adam. And he's a, you know, a businessman who just wants to get stronger and kind of lose his tire. You guys are doing a lot of, a lot of functional patterns. You guys are on your hands and knees. You guys are doing a lot of unique skills. Can you speak a little bit about, you know, how did that evolve and how did that come about to be? I think like most coaches, um, you'll go through, unless you've, you know, gone to actually college uh, to get a degree in exercise science. Um, one of the gold standard certifications is either like a NASM CPT or an ACE or an ISSA. And so I went that same route. I went NASM, uh, you know, CPT. And I started off, um, helping clients improve their weight and body composition um, and pretty balanced approach, pretty textbook approach, right? They have, I think, the OPT model. Um, and, you know, that was something that, that did really well for me, did really well for our clients. Um, through that process of training people, it did show me that if a majority of clients are coming into the gym and their goal is improving their weight and their body composition as a coach, and this is just for anyone listening, it would really behoove you to at least start introducing some basic nutritional principles in order to help yourself out. Um, because if you never do, 
you can help a client get stronger and better conditioned. But if their ultimate goal is weight loss and body composition, you're going to find yourself beating your head against the wall more often than not. Um, so that was something that I learned. But I'll tell you where the light bulb for me changed and something that really helped um, was I believe it was 2017. Um, there was a certification out of a group in Miami that you and I spoke about. Um, and the facility is called DBC, Dumbbells, Barbells, and Cables. And they had an intro to biomechanics. And that, for me, was like game changer. Um, that, I can remember sitting there during that. It's like a two or three day course. We walk into the facility and I had followed them on Instagram. But every everybody looks good on Instagram, right? <laughs> everybody looks good on Instagram. It's a highlight reel. But going to that facility and seeing it, feeling it. You know, I'm looking at the jerseys up on the wall. I'm watching how they move. Now I'm a business owner, I'm not just a coach. So I'm watching the continuity in which they coach. I'm looking at all the dumbbells and how they're sitting up and the detail in which they do things. I'm like, whoa, this is a different level here. And the certification over the two or three days started to change the way that I saw the human body. And it also, I think, started to change the way it started to change what I believe that my job was. It wasn't just to burn a bunch of calories to help someone lose weight. It's to help someone move better, more efficiently, and to become better functioning, to get out of pain. And oh, by the way, yes, we want the weight loss to occur. But we're not trying to create any additional problems during that process. Well, yeah. And you look at some of the, um, you know, you're very active on social media, like a lot of good business owners are as well. And you're actually showing some highlights, you know, like you said, Instagram's a highlight, but you're showing some highlights of some of the training that you're doing. And it is not standing shoulder dumbbell press. I mean, you've got people bear crawling, you've yeah. got hurdles, yeah. you've got clean and jerks, you've got uh, Nordic hamstring, banded Nordic hamstring curls, right? I mean, <laughs> you've got some cool stuff going. Like it is yeah. very, I think it, it it is truly an embodiment of functional training, functional yeah. fitness, right? And I think that especially since the, I don't know whether it was CrossFit, Ninja Warrior, Obstacle Course Racing, whatever, functional fitness is this like, you know, hot commodity term that sure. gets thrown around. But very few people actually, you know, roll up their sleeves and get on the hands and knees and actually do some of that. And you guys do. And I think that's really cool because when you see your social media, you are doing, you're doing some cool shit and it's like, it's out of the ordinary. And like you said, it's almost like the weight loss and some of the things that they initially thought were their goals are now kind of like secondary byproducts right. of what your end goal was, which was to just, you know, kind of create a more functional, better performing human machine. And I think, and I think that's really cool. I think it's it's something that is very unique, and I think that it served you guys really well. So kudos on that. Thank you. And I think cool is what we're going for, but I think it's also purposeful and it's intentional. And I think posture plays a big role in that and starting to identify like where a good majority of people have postural imbalances um, and how we can work to correct those. Um and, you know, building programs that, yes, will help someone improve their weight and body composition, but also improve their shoulder health and their hip health and their lower back health um, so that they can continue doing this for a long time. Better functioning. Human. I hate the line because it's really cliche, but that's really what you're trying to do. Yeah. I mean, right? if it fits, it fits, right? There you go. And yeah. I don't think you should go to the gym. Like if anything in the gym 
is causing more pain than before you went to the gym. I think you really need to reassess like what you're doing. It's supposed to improve your quality of life. So I, I just think as fitness professionals, that's really where we need to, to put a lot of our focus. Yeah, it's really cool stuff. So, you know, you touched a little bit on the history of live. Let's talk about a little bit more current events, right? So, you know, what was that? December, November of 2022. Yeah. Um, couple couple pivot points, a couple surprises. Was there? Yeah, right? I'd, uh, I yeah. Is there anything going on? I'll, I'll tell you what. We're, there, we work with somebody in our clinic that, that's close to you and... When he, that's initially how I heard about it. And I was like, it, it broke my heart to hear some of it, but I'm not going to steal your thunder, but tell us, tell us a little bit about kind of, you know, some of the goings on in the past three months or so, or two months that you guys have, have really done a nice job of, of working around. Yeah. So, uh, in November, uh, we were trained, we've been there now for the building and the previous owner started a lease, I think, 2011. And so we acquired it when we took over in 2015. Had a great relationship there. And uh, the owner decided that he wanted to sell. And uh, the no warning. Uh, yeah, I was going to say, I wish you would have told us before the real estate agent. But <laughs> I don't want to sound salty. You know, like, I mean, it is. But you know what? You know what I've realized is like, you can only sit in that for so long. And it will do nothing but poison you. Um, so it's like, okay, grieve it, go through your emotions, deal with it. Um, but you also have a community and you also have people that you got to take care of. So if you sit in it for too long, then it will, it will cloud your judgment. So it's, uh, yeah. So the owner wanted to sell and honestly, like without putting his business out, um, you know, he's 84 years old. And he's 84 years old and there were specific health situations that were going on within his family and the building itself, I'm assuming was probably one of the only assets that he had. And so on paper you go as a human, you go, okay, I get it. Now as a business owner, <laughs> right. you go, bro, yeah, come you on, know, man. how about a heads up? Um, but that's life really. And that's business sometimes. And again, that's part of the learning. So we we had, as of, without getting into too many details, we basically had a 7,500 square foot facility that we had spent 11 years filling and honing all of the details, rigs, op massive obstacles, just, you know, thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars worth of equipment some of which we could not take with us, that now we were having to find a new home in the matter of about 60 days. And uh, our, our fitness community of you know, three or 400 people and those families were also gonna be uprooted. So that transition, um, it was challenging. And uh, we were able to acquire a new space and uh, it is being built for us and should be ready within the next Hope no one from live is listening, but yeah. uh, probably within the next four months, three to four months, which is not bad. I mean, that's a pretty bad. good timing yep. for, for a build out, you know, that's six right. months with everything, supply chain, blah, blah, blah. All that that's stuff. right. That's right. Uh, but in the meantime, we were able to uh, find an interim space of 4,000 square feet. And I'm telling you, like, I'm, I'm obviously have uh, faith is a big part of my life. And so I'll, I'll speak from that position, but 
like watching God move in this space and provide opportunities and work within our community when on paper, it was crazy. Um, we put a video out outlining it to our community. So to give you a timetable, and this is really the first time that I'm talking about it to this degree, but to give you a timetable. So we found out on November 3rd that I believe November 1st, it hit the market. We found out from a real estate agent walking in. <laughs> it's still so, uh, yeah. so and and then when that happened, we were working on some possibilities of staying there, right? Um, but then when we found out that wasn't going to happen, we started looking around at real estate, looking around at real estate. And the market, the commercial market is crazy. And there wasn't a whole lot available, right, for what specifically we needed. Um, so it was the day before that I went it was actually the same day that I went to DECA, New Jersey, to the World Championships, which we got to talk about. Mm-hmm. Um, but we put out a video basically outlining, hey, guys, this is what we've been dealing with behind the scenes. This is what we're committed to doing. Um, you know, live as a community, we are here for you. You're here for us, blah, blah, blah. And so we put that video out and I edited it, recorded it, had all the emotions and was boarding a plane. And as I'm walking on the plane, my phone starts blowing up and we start getting messages from people in our community that are obviously wanting to help out and wanting to be a part of it. Some were like, I can't, but you know, the normal response, I can't believe that. Oh my gosh, what are we going to do? Blah, blah, blah. And then you would get the whatever you need, like I'm here, whatever you need. And then there was someone that reached out that said no promises, but, and that's when the opportunity came um, for the building that we're in now. And it was out of that video um, and how that all worked out. I mean, just so the transition has been hard and it's been challenging, right? Um, you get comfortable in a space like we were we've we have been successful. There aren't many businesses that last through a worldwide pandemic, right? <laughs> Especially going into eight years. So we feel fortunate in that regard. Um, but then to have this happen, it, it was challenging, dude. It comes with its own challenges for sure. Oh, yeah. Well, and you guys have done such a good job because, I mean, now, you know, obviously classes are going really well. Uh, Jimmy dropped in the other week, yeah. said he had a blast. And, yeah. you know, obviously he didn't see the other space, but he was just like, he was still wowzered by it. You know, he's like, it's a really cool warehouse space. Yeah. You know, all kinds of fun toys. And hey, you we're know. still live. Oh, yeah. We're absolutely. still live. Oh, yeah. yeah. And I mean, I think that that's what I think was so awesome. And, you know, you made a comment in, I can't remember if it was that video or another video when you were like, Live is not a physical space. Live is a community. And yeah. I think that really, like, that hit home with me as a business owner because I was like, you know, even though I'm not in the gym business, I'm still in a business that's service-related and for the community, by the community. And I was like, damn, Dale, like, that really like that really hits because you were absolutely right. Like it is not this physical entity of, you know, what weight dumbbell tree you go up to or how many bumper plates or, you know, an obstacle course wall. It was actually the community, the people, the relationships and all of that, that you built in these, in this like metaphysical space that I think was really, it was, it was really cool to hear that too. And just to like, like you, you guys do such a good job of embodying that that I think is, you know, one of the biggest reasons for, for your success. And I mean that in a good way, like, like that is what has been so cool to see. And yeah, kudos for being able to, to pivot like that. And I think it's going to be, it's going to be a great experience. Uh, you know, if you look back on this and be like, oh yeah, 
what happened with all that. Oh, yeah, I remember that. That was yeah. that was a good time. Yeah. It's going to be, you know, kind of like how people had to pivot around COVID. This was like your second COVID type of deal. But, yes. uh, yeah, but, uh, but yeah, props to you about that. Were you in business during COVID? No, we were not. Okay. I was... Uh, Lucky dog. Yeah. yeah. We, uh, I started the practice uh, November of 2020. Okay. So we were like, that was kind of like the tail end. It was past all the quarantine, past yeah. all of all that stuff. So we were, we were very fortunate, but um, we were not, knock on wood, not too impacted by that. You know, from time to time, you know, you get the little blips and things like that, but no, not, not anything like that. But yeah, I mean, I think you guys did such a good job and you guys still do a good job of really embodying the, the gym community which I think is really hard to do nowadays. And I think, you know, you were talking about why you even got into coaching. And I think that um, there are people who own gyms who are not good businessmen, but are good business, that are good coaches. And there are people that are really good coaches and have good entrepreneurial spirit that are kind of stuck in a coaching position. And I think it was just really cool to hear your story, how all of those kind of lined up really well for you. And I think that, because you're in it for the right reason, you were able to to pivot like this with really good success. And you mentioned earlier, let's talk a little bit about DECA, because I know that's something huge that has really come up. I mean, DECA has been around for a little bit. I mean, I I think I was exposed to DECA maybe like before COVID, like 2019, 2018, uh, somewhere around then, but I never really participated in it. And never really saw an event. And then you guys have just taken off with it. Can you tell us a little bit about kind of that DECA add-on piece to live that's been really so successful for you guys? Sure. I think as part of our, um, as part of our community, like one of the things that I believe adds value to our community is finding another motivating factor for clients. And they may come into your gym to improve their weight and body composition or to take a class, which a lot of people do, but you know, they're not robots and it can't just be about a number on a scale. So if you can find performance goals, if you will, or something that challenges a client that helps them grow something that they can put on a calendar and work towards, um, I think that does a lot for them individually. And I think it also does a lot for the community as a whole. And then the confidence, and then it starts, you know, moving, moving, moving. So we used to do that in obstacle course racing. And we would go out and do things like Mud Endeavor, which I know you probably weren't around, but Mud Endeavor was a very local race. Um, they had four or five different locations. It wasn't as big as a Spartan. It wasn't as big as a Savage. It was like the mom and pop Mud Run or OCR, right? Yeah. And it was less for 90% of our community. They weren't running an elite wave. It was about going out there, challenging themselves, having fun, rolling around in the mud, <laughs> and then probably drinking a beer afterwards. Yeah, that's right? great. And then posting it up on Facebook. Okay. Um, so we did that for a long time. We had an OCR program. So having those challenges that your community can be a part of, I think is great for the individual, but it's also great to build your fitness community. That's what I've always believed. We did it with Ninja Comps, we did it with OCR, and now DECA is something that we've done since the end of 2020. Okay. How'd and you get exposed to it? Like, did, did it fall in your lap kind of like the, the Ninja Racing did, or was this something that 
you sought out individually yeah. and then brought in? Okay. Yeah. So we, at the end of 2019, uh, Spartan put out a social media post about a new product they had coming out that was going to be available to boxes and gyms and uh, facilities that were like ours. And they kind of outlined what it was about. And so I got some information on it. And that was the end of 2019. Um, two guys that created it, Jared Cogswell and Yancey Colt. Uh, they were part of the uh, directors of sport at Spartan Race, good friends of mine now. Um, and that happened at the end of 2019. 2020 hits, everything is put on the back burner, right? The world melts down for a year. And so then at the end of 2020, we started revisiting what DECA would look like. Mm-hmm. Um, what I liked about it was, one, you could run it in your own gym. So even though these races that we were doing were close, they still had to leave the gym. I also liked that there was a 99% completion rate for these different events. Is it really? Yes. That's crazy. So I'm thinking, okay, our community is made up of moms, dads, business owners, teachers, lawyers, doctors, CEOs, um, stay-at-home moms, dads, teenagers, elite athletes, triathletes, you know, all. So it's a pretty big, pretty big, curve so to speak mm-hmm. so i liked the idea that it was going to be able to be appropriate for everyone and it checked a lot of boxes um and we could do it in our facility we could build training programs around it it was like a bolt-on program that i think would create some excitement and uh give people a date to put on the calendar and to do it in your home gym so that's what we did and uh, we've been an affiliate now i think this is going on our third year i believe Second year? Third year. I can't remember. I think it's like two and a half years, technically, (laughs) uh, just because of COVID. But, yeah, so there's 10 functional zones that Spartan has standardized. um, And they have a couple different formats. They have one that is only the zones, and they're very rudimentary, fundamental uh, exercises. They're calorie, like calories on a rower or calories on a skier, right? The Ram yep. burpees, uh, help me out with. Yep. I so would just, so you got Ram reverse lunges and Ram is like, imagine a 33, 44, 55 pound foam roller. It's that same shape, right? Yeah. But it's made out of recycled material. Super cool, by the way. Um, check them out. They're out of, uh, United Kingdom. They're called Ram. Um, so you have 30 reverse lunges in zone number one. You have 500 meters uh, row on zone number two. You have 24-inch box over zone number three uh, for 20 reps. You have 25 medicine ball sit-ups in zone four. You have 500 meters on the ski erg in zone five. Zone six, you have 100-meter farmer's carry, and it's scaled men to women. Uh, zone seven, they call the gateway to DECA now because this is, it's like zones one through six are like the warm up. But when you get on the assault bike, oh, is that where it is? For 20, yeah, for 25 <laughs> calories, that's when you, that's when you meet Jesus. Yeah. Um, zone eight is ball overs, dead ball overs. Zone nine, uh, is, have you ever seen a torque tank? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we have three of those, 100 meters, tank push pull, and then you have ram burpees, uh, as zone number 10. So the formats that we can host at our facility are DECA strong. So someone that would run all 10 of those for time. Just right back to back. One, two, three, four, five, six. You got it. Yep. And then there is a version of it called a DECA. So that's called a DECA strong. 
And then a decamile are those same 10 zones, but you have a tenth of a mile in between each zone running, which totals one full mile. That's where the name comes from. Gotcha. So it would look like this. Meters, there right? you go. So you'd go 160 meter run, come in, do your lunges. 160 meter run, row. 160 meter run, box over, so on and so forth. That's wild. And that, I think that's really cool too, because, you know, people can kind of train for the zones and then you also have to kind of train for your, your running and your cardio and then how to time it all. Right. It. And then, um, what's really cool about DECA is that it, it's sort of like it's a national database too, that you can post to pull data from as well and kind of interact with people beyond just Palmetto or Southwest Florida. Right. So, then you can do kind of what you did in Jersey in, in what, October, November, right? Which is do several qualifiers right. leading up to kind of the the Mecca, right? Can you tell us a little bit about that? Because that was a really cool opportunity you guys had to go to New Jersey to do that. Yeah. So uh, what's cool about DECA is that it's great for everyone. There's a 99% completion rate, Okay. So whether you're a stay-at-home mom or an elite athlete, it's for you. You do it around your home gym. It's standardized, so you can train specifically for it. You can get confident. It can help improve your strength, your conditioning. It's multidimensional. But there is a global leaderboard, and that's what's cool. And honestly, even though it's for everyone, might it attracts some of the top endurance athletes literally in the world on this global leaderboard sincerely. And so this past year was the first year that they had the world championships uh, in New Jersey and myself and Tammy Chikowski, which I believe you guys posted and know cause you take care of her mm -hmm. um, and a few other clients from our facility qualified and went up there and competed. Um, and it was a blast. I mean, you're competing against some of the world's best, again, endurance athletes. And we were able to live stream it on our social media and I took my son, who's 14, and he got to run it. And it was just, dude, it checked so many boxes. It was really neat. Such a cool experience, too. And I think it kind of, you know, you you kind of hit it, the nail on the head when it's like it's so inclusive. It's for everybody, That's right? Okay. So, yes, you have some members who obviously did very well, like yourself and Tammy and a few others that end up going to Worlds and go to Jersey and everything like that. But then you also had, I'm sure, plenty of other members who were just in it for the fun of it or in it because it – it attributed towards their performance goals or some other calendar date or anything else that they had in mind to better themselves. And I think it's a measurement. Yeah. And I think that was literally, it's, it's awesome. A, yeah. It's a measurement. Like, okay, you walk into the gym. I want to lose weight. Great. Get on the scale and then check again in six weeks. How did you do? Well, this is also a measurement. It's a ruler and you're measuring, you know, your conditioning, you're measuring your strength, you're measuring your performance and you can legitimately see okay, I did a deck of strong and I ran it at 20 minutes. And now I re-ran it and retested it. And now I ran it at a 17 minutes. It's like your own progress report, right? That's it. Dude. And I think that's really, the, the, that was a really great move, obviously, on, on your part. And I think that's really cool that you are able to be so forward thinking, to be able to pivot and be able to kind of decide what's worth bringing in, what's not worth bringing in. And you are kind of like the shepherd of your flock and you kind of know what's going to jive, what's going to work well with your particular community, which I think is great. Um, tell us a little bit about some of the group classes that you offer, because um, like you alluded to, I dropped into one, Jimmy dropped into one as well. And 
um, they're a blast. Like they are, they are very multi-dimensional. I think is is really the best way to describe them. And the setup that you have, and I don't want to make too many comparisons, but it feels like uh, a CrossFit. <gasps> I know, I know, and I tried so hard for so long to do it. But it is, but you know what it is? Because that was my background and I've been doing CrossFit it, for 10 years. It. And it is, your gym is not CrossFit. I can tell you that. Okay. And I mean that in both the good and the bad way. It is not CrossFit. But I'll tell you what, you get a super cool warehouse. Yes. You get people that are throwing shit around. Yes. You get things that are weird objects like wall balls, box jumps, power cleans. We've got running, ski ergs, right? You've got a lot of really cool equipment in there and you're getting everybody to use it. It wasn't like anybody was shying away from, I don't want to do wall balls because of X, Y, and Z. It's like, no, you're going to do something with this med ball and this is what how we're going to scale or modify. But I don't want to take up too much airspace. Do you tell us a little bit about kind of um, what goes into some of your group training and some of the group classes because i think that's a that's a huge draw to some of the cool stuff you guys have yeah well we do all of our programming through chat gpt i don't know if you're familiar with it <laughs> that's the right you way just, to do you it just right? fire it right yeah, up right that's yeah it, right yeah that's, that's what you got yeah. you just sit back and you just watch that's watch it. that solve, whole ai solve, just solve go. Our problems. that's how i do actually that's how i did all my notes this morning <laughs> just good. you know fire it up yep. hey we could have a long podcast just about chat P- oh GPT my God. Advice. uh but no so it's you know it is multidimensional, and that is a that is usually a, an adjective or an adverb that we like to use for it too. Um, it's pretty well balanced. Monday, Wednesday, Friday are strength days. Tuesday and Thursday are more cardio and conditioning. Um, Saturday is more of a coach's choice. Um, we usually incorporate a little bit more running on a Saturday, um, but it's appropriate for weight loss. It's appropriate for nearly all ability levels. Um, you know, we do all of our own programming. We don't get it out of a book. It's not cookie cutter. Like we spend a lot of time going over a number of different variables to ensure that the workouts are appropriate for our community. And I used to do all the programming. I delegated it off to one of our head coaches. Then it got delegated off again to a different head coach. Uh, her name is Coach Amy Skillman, by the way. I'm just going to show her some love. She does an amazing job. Um, and you know, there are a lot of factors that go into the workout. Uh, mainly, like, what is the purpose for this workout? What are we trying to accomplish out of it? Um, is it appropriate? Um, logistically, does it work with our equipment? Um, and, you know, there, there's three or four more. Like, are there enough progressions and regressions that are built in? And, uh, and I think that's really the key to, to running a good class is having a coach that can say, okay, here's our workout. We're going to break down the mechanics, which I think is really, really important. By the way, the workouts and the warmups and everything are not coming off of a screen. They're coming off of a live human being. All right. That's just the way that we run things. And that's cool. Um, But we spend a lot of time on technique and mechanics. Um, Two reasons. One, obviously, it increases the effectiveness of the exercise. When we're talking about, um, you know, the intro to biomechanics Coming back and getting education like that, that was now part of the live system. Understanding the five major movement patterns, pushing, pulling, lunging, hinging, and squatting. And any coach that comes on board, that's ingrained in them. The verbiage, the ideology, the philosophy. So that no matter who is coaching, they, you know, they're all coming from that same place. 
So if you see barbell back squat up on the board, um, and that's part of today's strength workout, you better believe no matter who the coach is up there, they're coaching with those same cues. And that creates continuity. I think that also creates um, a good environment for the client. Um, it also ensures that people feel safe, people feel comfortable. So, you know, we do that so that the effectiveness of the exercise goes up and the risk of injury goes down. And yes, it's a group training. You, know, you can't be 100%. I understand. But we, we do a really good job at managing that to the best of our ability. And I think that's what people feel. Um, you know, in terms of our mission statement, we're all about educating, empowering, and elevating. But that first one, educating, like teaching pe- You do it here. Yeah. Like teach people how to move. It's got to be more than just a calorie burn. Your client may like it. May go, I burned a thousand calories. And they may be blowing out their knees and lumbar during the exercise. And it's up to us as fitness professionals, I think, to say, hey, uh, I'm going to teach you how to move better. And it may be slower at first. It may throttle you a little bit. You may feel like you're doing less than you potentially can. But I promise you in the long run, it's going to be better. And I need you to trust me. Yeah. And I think uh, you hit it right on the head. You know, we similarities between kind of how you and I think about our approach to how we interact with uh, patients and clients is that like our practice is founded on patient empowerment and patient education, right? So knowing what's going on, you know, kind of educating them about, you know, their current scenario and then empowering them to be able to uh, become more resilient and how to build more resiliency and proper technique and et cetera, et cetera, to take care of them. You guys do the same thing. And I think, you know, you guys have such a uniform product between, you know, coach to coach, class to class. And I think that that's what people like because then they don't feel like, oh, it's, you know, Monday at Monday morning is what so-and-so coaches and they offer something that's, you know, good, but not quite as good as like Wednesday morning or Tuesday morning. Right. And you start find people kind of cherry picking and schedule hopping. Exactly. And that's what you don't want. And, um, you know, tell us a little bit about, is there any type of, uh, what's your entry process like? So say somebody's like, Hey, you know what? I'm going to try group training at live. It sounds like it's kind of, you know, truly is functional fitness. It sounds like it's good time, good community. Do you, um, require like a one-on-one training or tell us a little bit about what do you do to onboard a potential new member? I would add two, and then I'll answer your question. I think we also do a really good job at, you know, genuinely helping a client not just burn calories, but improve tissue quality. We spend a lot of time on recovery and mobility. Last year, we actually partnered with a company called Rolga, R-O-L-G-A. Yeah. And um, and we have a ton of Rolga foam rollers, and we incorporated those in each of our classes. So as part of the warm-up, um, we will outline specific muscle groups that need to be foam rolled prior to and post. Um, so I think that attention to detail also kind of helps to build rapport with clients, helps to educate them about recovery. It's not just about killing yourself every time you come into the gym. This is supposed to make you better. Right. And it's going to be challenging, but overall, like you should be improving your quality of life. So that's what we're after in terms of onboarding. Um, typically, you know, we'll, we'll go through our normal park We'll talk about history. Um, you know, every client is typically a little bit different for someone that has a history of exercising already is familiar with group training, um, minimal injuries, no major red flags in terms of knees, ankles, back, neck, shoulders, um, with a history of group training, 
Typically, they get their first two classes on the house. They show up, have a conversation with the coach, talk a little bit about uh, where they're currently at with their fitness level. And then, uh, you know, we'll take those first two classes. Uh, the coach will go over the workout. We do have something that, that we've started the last couple of years. We have ambassadors at our facility. That's cool. So it's kind of like a street team, essentially, people that represent us outside of the gym. But one of the things that we try to do for newcomers is pair them up with an ambassador. And it's basically like a buddy system in the gym. Um, so they're there, you know, they're not trying to coach and act like they know everything about everything, but they're there to make them feel more comfortable as they come into our facility and into our community. And they can play liaison in between, you know, the coach if they're out doing something and any questions that they have. So That's that, that so helps cool. a lot. That is such a good idea. And especially like the class that I dropped into um, was very station oriented, right? So, you know, you're doing uh, these movements for time and then kind of rotating through and, you know, especially if you're like, okay, well, where do I go next? Or like, what was this movement again? And, you know, coaches over here. I mean, that, that's, that is brilliant. Like, that's awesome. And I think it's, it's great to have that because I think, especially if maybe, you know, some people, they come in and they're like, super confident about their abilities, their skills, they're familiar with group training. They're usually guys. Yeah. I, I, I just said <laughs> some people, I, yeah. I said some people, you know, they don't peacock everywhere. No, I right? get yeah. it. I get it. Yeah. And then, uh, you know, then you get some people who maybe they're, this is them kind of getting out of their element a little bit. And I think that having, like you said, like a buddy system, like what a great way to remove any internal barriers to entry. And I think that's, that was that's a really good idea. You know what else it does too for us is that it helps to build community and it helps to give your community the opportunity to give back. And that's something that they want to do. Like we have uh, actually we're we're working on uh, getting some new ambassadors now. So the one ambassadors that we have they're, they're still at our facility, but we had them for 3 or 4 years and they did an amazing job. And so we're going through the application process. But it allows your community to give back, you know, to the newcomers that are coming in and, you know, to the community that has been serving them. So it's this big like reciprocation. It's really cool. That is awesome. And, you know, you bring up a good point, too, is that maybe if you're newer to town or maybe you're coming from a commercial gym or no training background whatsoever, a lot of people use group training as a good way to meet people. Right. Like there is a big social aspect. Great point. And I think, you know, I, I joke because I mean, I've been doing CrossFit for a while, but you know, every time that we move, uh, whether I moved from Cleveland to Denver to West Palm beach over here, it's like that became my way to become social with people because as an adult, but you go to work yeah. and then what you go to LA fitness, put your headphones in cool. Like you're not talking to anybody. Right. Yeah. But you go to a place like live and you got, now you join, now you got an ambassador. Now you've got coaches that care. Now you've got fun workouts. Now you've got this DECA add on, you know, now you've got all these things that are engaging and they're very community driven, very humanistic people oriented. And I think that's, that's awesome. Uh, you know, when, when someone asks me about live, usually I say that our goal is to find the intersection between relationships and results. And it's like, it is about community. But I think ultimately one of the other things, like most people are going to go, it's the people, it's the energy, it's all of those things. But we also try to genuinely help you achieve the thing that you walked in to actually do. Not just check the box for adherence. That is a part of it. 
And if we're just running a business, then okay, great. We want to maximize the people in a class and you know make sure the environment is clean and all of those things. We want to meet you. We want to know who you are. Why did you come here? What can we do to help get you to that finish line? What can we do to help improve your quality of life? What can we do to help challenge you, to hold you accountable, to build healthy relationships? That's the other thing. It's like, I think I read a stat the other day that said, there's only 60 or set, what did I say? There's only 20 or 30% of folks, society, that actually goes to the gym as frequently as, let's say, you and I. So four to five times a week, right? So that's like 60 to 70% of individuals that you come into contact with that are probably going to look at you like, dude, you're crazy, you're obsessed, why do you keep doing that? So if six out of 10 people or seven out of 10 people that you're walking around aren't going to understand you, If you are going to have any type of sustainability with this program, you need to have people that align with your mission and people that are there to support you. So that again is it's group training. It's people that got your back, you know. That's awesome. That's really cool. What's uh you know, as we kind of wrap up, because this is definitely gonna be part one, we're definitely gonna make this a mini series, Dale. But as we kind of wrap up part one, kind of your intro, um, where can people tell us a little bit more about how people can learn? more about you, more about live, um, you know, we'll plug links and everything, but what's a, what's a good way to get a hold of you guys? Uh, live training official on Instagram. Um, and then you can search live training center on Facebook, uh, live coach FL also on Instagram. Uh, that's our, you, right? Yes. And then our website is, uh, live training FL.com. www.livetrainingfl.com like Florida. Um, you can find our address, you can find our phone number on there. We're pretty active on social media, as you know. Um, so you can find yeah, give, give them a follow both. If you're okay, yes. definitely give oh, you a follow yeah, and give the gym a follow. I mean, cause obviously the gym has a lot of social media, but, but you, and before we even hopped on the mic, we were talking about this and it's like, I'm trying to kind of gear a little bit more towards what you do, which is some of the more like live Instagram stories and just like, you know, throw some captions in there, just selfie, selfie stories. And, you know, just to talk about whatever Yeah, you do such a good job of that. And I'm oh, like, every time I see him, I'm like, God, Dale, like you're killing it. Like I gotta, I gotta follow in his footsteps. Oh, so man, thank you for you. that. Yeah, that's, that's really that. awesome. That's, so. that's very kind. Yeah. And, and thank you so much for, for the time today, Dale. I'm, I'm really happy that we finally got a chance to link up and do this and, yeah, we're uh, we're looking forward to releasing this and then publishing a few more with you as well. Dude, I'd love to come back. I love what you're doing here. Uh, any aches, any pains, uh, any issues you have whatsoever in the gym, out of the gym, if you're an endurance athlete like me. See, one thing we didn't even talk about uh, that I don't even think a lot of people know necessarily <laughs> was last year uh, when I came in here worried that I wasn't even going to be able to compete. Uh, in the DECA World Championship, and Dr. Sclafani tuned me up um, and uh, got my legs feeling better, got my lower back feeling better, and was a total lifesaver. So any issues that you have related to fitness, shoulders, hips, back, knees, ankles, uh, he deals a lot with my clients, and we love them. So, dude, I appreciate the opportunity being here. Oh, yeah, man. I appreciate the shout-out too, Dale. So until next episode, man. Yes, sir. Thank you so much, man. Hey, real quick, before you go, I just wanted to say thanks for listening. 
If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help support the podcast, please share with others by taking a screenshot of this episode and posting it to your story on Instagram by tagging at Tideline Sports Performance so we can repost it. And to stay up on all the latest from us, make sure you follow at Tideline Sports Performance on Instagram and Facebook. And of course, make sure you like and subscribe to this podcast. All right, guys, catch you next episode. (laughs) 